morning. Um, welcome to the Pulse. Um, I'm doing the lesson this morning. Um, Brother John Sandy couldn't be here. Um, just so for everybody that's watching, that may be watching online, um, we're glad you're with us. And we hope you get something from it today. Let's start with prayer. Abba Father, we're so thankful for the revelation that you give us and for the ability for us to be able to be here to discuss and to learn more and to hopefully be able to take some of this and plant it deep in our hearts and take it out to the, the people that are around us. We want to change today, Lord. We want to be different. We want to continue to work toward uh, that revelation where we're growing closer and closer and more and more like you every single day. Give us that ability. Give us the strength to be able to continue to do this. And, and we just thank you for our, our church this morning and for, for the, um, the ones who are here and the ones who are watching online. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Good morning to you all in here. <laughs> My class is a little small, but they're a good class. All right. Today I'm talking about make every effort to add. We're adding to ourselves, and, and we need to make every effort to add to that. If you want to look it up, I'm not going to quite read just yet, but 2 Peter 1, 3 through 11 is where I'm going to be reading from today. Um, <clears throat> my personality is, I like to know what I'm heading into. Like, if I'm going into a situation, I'm going into a, a going on a trip or something, I want to, I want to know all the details beforehand. Um, so that I'm, I'm aware of, of how to do it without fear because I get a little bit nervous if you're going into a big airport or you're going somewhere and you're doing something and you don't know what you're heading into, that fear is a little bit compounded. I mean, there might be some people out there who just like to, you know, fly by the seat of their pants, but I'm not that person. Like me backpacking through Europe with no plans, that would have never happened, <laughs> never. You can ask my husband, he's like, let's go drive to, to Texas. And I'm like, okay. So we'll stop halfway and get a hotel. Where do you want to go? And he's like, I don't know. We'll find some place. And I'm like, you know, <laughs> we're going to have a hotel. We're going to have a place to stop. <laughs> I want to make sure I can, I want to read the reviews and make sure it's a good place to stay. I don't want to end up staying in a slum somewhere, you know, so I, I have to do that, which part of that is good for me because I, I, I love to do that. But then also part of my character that I have, born into me from my, that's been bred into me by my parents is procrastination. So Andy's really good to have on as a, my other helpmate because he loves to like print out the maps and get all the, he, he finds all the details for me and he has me all lined up and ready because procrastination, you tend to have like time management issues. So, <laughs> but anyway, we work together good on that. But I said all that because I'm always a how person. I want to have the knowledge beforehand. So I've been told all my life through listening to preaching of what we should do. Like, what do we do? We crucify the flesh. We walk in the spirit. We pray without ceasing. We walk in righteousness. We need to be humble. Pride cometh before a fall. These are all things that I've heard in preaching all my life. And I would listen to the scripture and go, okay, I need to crucify the flesh. Okay, I need to walk in the spirit. Okay, I need to pray without ceasing. And I would just be like, okay, how do I do that? And then preaching would end. And I'd be like, well, okay, I'll try and figure it out. 
but then you get frustrated when you can't figure it out or whatever and you just kind of, you know, go on with life. So, in recent years, I've come under different preaching and I've learned to listen to different preachers online who, who explain more of the how. And I don't, it's not like that they, people didn't mean to, they didn't even realize, they just thought they needed to tell me what I needed to do. And some people may do great with that. That's not me. I need to know, I want the knowledge of how to do things. So, <clears throat> today we're going to go into 2 Peter 1, 3 through 11. I love this scripture because it kind of gives a map on what you need to do, but it also gives you a map on how to do it. So, in 2 Peter 1, I'm reading from the NIV today, um, his divine power has given us everything we need for life and for a godly life. Sorry, let me reread that. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. Mine's slightly different in the wording, but I like this wording. For a godly life. So, just the very beginning of this scripture is, is revelation in itself because what do we need to have everything to have a godly life? Divine, his divine power. It's not in us. We're not supposed to be doing this ourselves. Divine power gives us everything we need. That would be the ability to crucify our flesh. That would be the ability to pray without ceasing. That would be the ability to walk in the spirit. All of the things that we've been told all of our life, we think we have to do in ourselves. Because we're taught that from the time, the moment that we are born, we are, it's instilled on us to learn how to take care of ourselves. We learn how to feed ourselves. We learn how to walk to be able to go the places that we need to do. We learn how stuff in school about that teaches us on how to, to be able to function and to move forward to get a job. Everything we're taught is teaching us to take care of ourselves. I did the same to my children. I raised them to be adults that could take care of themselves, which in the physical, we know that's important. We have to teach them that stuff. But we're, I, I don't know about a lot of other parents, but I was missing a vital step. I wasn't teaching them to rely on Christ for absolutely everything as well. Like when they fell down and bumped their head, mommy picked them up and kissed them. But what mommy should have done was laid her hands on immediately and prayed for the pain to be gone and to demand the pain to be gone from them and then kissed them. But mommy picked them up and kissed their head. Mommy bandaged the boo-boo. And mommy forgot sometimes to pray. And mommy read scripture to them a lot and we talked about Christ a lot in our home and my children have been raised. I mean, you all know my children. They've been raised in a godly environment. They are godly people. But because I was unaware of how important the divine power is in my life, I didn't instill that in them as much as they needed to. And that's, that's something that they're going to have to start instilling in their children. Like, every single thing should be about him. Like, we don't have to get up and do anything. We don't have to change anything. Except for the fact that we seek him out. That's our job, 
It's to seek out Christ. The rest of it's going to come. If you're seeking him in the scripture and you're seeking him in everything that you're trying to do, the rest of this stuff that we concern ourselves with, that I need to walk in the, I need to crucify the flesh, that I need to walk in righteousness, that I need to, I, 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 I. That's not our job. The scripture, God's word will change us. And we don't actually have to do anything. We have to be trained from birth to depend upon him, which we haven't, so that's revelation that we have to instill in, in us now. Okay, so his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life, okay? Through our knowledge of him, who called us by his own glory and goodness. And Why do we have this? Because of his glory and goodness. No other reason. We didn't do anything. We can't do anything. There is nothing that we can do that's going to make us more worthy than what we already are because we're worthy because he said we were. End of discussion. His glory and goodness and his love for us has made us absolutely worthy. Absolutely worthy. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him. Right there is the key. Knowledge of him. If I don't seek and I don't find and I don't listen and I don't try, then that's why I don't have the being able to crucify the flesh. I don't have the being able to pray without ceasing. I don't have the ability to walk in the spirit and not lose my temper and get angry and get sad and get overwhelmed and, get, and have fear. Those are the reasons why, is because I haven't found that knowledge yet. So, through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises. That's the second part of that, the knowledge and the promises. Through his glory and his goodness, he has given his precious promises to us. So what is the promises? We seek for, we dig and look into his scripture to find that knowledge, and we have to find those promises. How do we find the promises? Through listening to preaching, be aware, listen to the Holy Spirit, pray about who you should listen to and who you shouldn't. There are some out there you shouldn't. There are some that, that has great word. Always, always, always go to the word and look at what, if they give you a scripture to read, go read it and make sure that what they're saying lines up with what the Holy Spirit is telling you. Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word of Christ. So faith comes by hearing Hearing by the word of God, that's what the one that I've always, I have that one memorized because that was, you know, just instilled in me. But consequently, faith comes from hearing the message. And the message is heard through the word of Christ. So knowledge comes from faith, from, you know, all of these things that we need to be able to walk this life, to be able to seek out, to find, to just go in and dig and find this stuff. It comes from hearing. So we've got to get into the scripture in the sense of listening to people too. Not just ourselves, we have to be able to listen. Studying God's word, 
this is super important. We have to do it. If I'm not in this scripture and I'm not finding out what's going on and I'm not seeking out these promises, then I don't have a clue what I'm listening to. Somebody could be telling me that, you know, God's an elephant. And if I don't have the knowledge in the word of God to know that that's absolutely a falsehood, then I could be misled. So it's my responsibility to make sure that what I'm hearing is the correct, you know, is correct. Fellowship with others. We need to have fellowship with others. Iron sharpens iron. If we're not around other people who can discuss things, there's a lot of times, Christy's one of them, Christy and I are really bad about this in class, <laughs> in the other class, like she'll say something and then I'll say something and then she'll say something and I'll say something and it just snowballs. <laughs> because as soon as she says something, I'm like, oh, and it adds to something that I have. And then when I'm saying it, she's like, oh, and she grabs hold of it and goes. So that's what we're talking about. Iron sharpens iron. If you're in the word of God and you have a knowledge of this stuff and somebody says something, it is going to, the light bulb's going to go off and it's like, oh, wait, I just got this. And it adds to it. So that's what we're talking about. Hearing the word of God, seeking out this stuff, finding the promises. We have to find the promises and be able to have that revelation of the promises so that when we're talking to other people, we can say, oh, yes, look at this. I found this, and this is what God's promised for me or, or whatever. So his divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him. We're seeking out his knowledge by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises. What promises? I'm just going to give a couple examples. Deuteronomy 28, blessings outlined for God's children. Some people say, oh, that's Old Testament. That doesn't pertain to us now. Um, excuse me, God's children. Uh, he literally sent his lamb to be slaughtered for us so that we became part of the family. We are God's children. End of discussion. There's no other way around it. Deuteronomy 28 is for us. We are covered through those blessings. And that outlines a huge amount of blessings in Deuteronomy 28. Health. 1 Peter 2.24, by his stripes I am healed. Psalm 103.3, um, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. That's just a couple of the healing scriptures. Just in, I just jotted down a couple. Protection, armor of God in Ephesians 6. Wisdom, James 1. Protection from fear, perfect love casts out fear. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. All of these are promises that we have the fundamental basis for everything that we need to be taken care of and to keep us from being afraid, from being sick, from being tortured, from being all of the things that, that defeated, all the things that come at us that make us want to shut this book and walk away. And all of those promises, all we have to do is get up every morning and put those on for our life. And that just means reading them out loud to yourself and saying, Holy Spirit, that is what I am today, and guide me in that. You don't have to get up and change yourself in any way. Every morning you could get up and say, when I get up this morning, I am going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be angry. I'm not going to say anything that I shouldn't say today. I'm not going to gossip. I'm not going to be that kind of person. And willpower does, does a lot, and saying that out loud will do a lot. But at some point you're going to not be able to do it because you don't have the backing of the promises of God. So you get up every morning and you say, you read the, you have them put on your 
your bathroom win, uh, mirror, you have them put on your um, prayer board in your prayer closet, and you go in there to pray in the morning, you open up your Bible and it's in a notebook with it, whatever your choices are for your day to start your day with your vitamin B, which is your Bible, <laughs> you take your vitamins every morning and you pull them out and you read those scriptures, whatever promises pertain to your life. I'm putting on the armor of God today. I am reading Psalm 91, so I have complete and total protection over me and my family today. I am reading that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, and when somebody walks into work that's literally standing in the window screaming at you, spitting on you, literally, and I say this literally because it happened last week, literally, over something that I had no control over. It wasn't my fault. I was told when I get my act together and when I learn how to listen, I'm quoting, my flesh wanted to stand up because if I would have stood up, I would have been towering over this little old woman and just let her know. <laughs> but my spirit would not let me. And as much as it hurt me physically to sit there and apologize to her for something I didn't do, that was what the Holy Spirit asked of me for that day. And I did what I was asked, and then I did take a deep breath and get up and walk away from the window afterwards and go in the back and cry for a minute. But, <laughs> but I'm a girl, so <laughs> that happens. Things are going to come at you. Satan is going to attack, sometimes in a very blatant way. And if you don't have the promises laid up and already put in your spirit, then how are you going to react? I mean, I could have very easily lost my job because I stood up and told that woman what I wanted to tell her. But was that going to do any good? I don't know what she was going through. She, her dog may have died right before she came to the clinic, for all I know. Or she might have dementia. I mean, I don't know what's going on in somebody's mind. There may be chemical things going on in her that, that causes that. Am I going to be the person now? Did I handle it perfectly? I don't know. I honestly don't. I, I had to walk away. <laughs> for, you know, after it was all said and done and, and she left and she will be coming back in a day or two, so I'm going to have to deal with her again. But I will be ready because I will have the promises of God. <laughs> I plan to fully be like, I may, on that day, I may like double up. <laughs> Maybe like carrying them around in my pocket, like right before she gets there, I'll be like reading them again. <laughs> but if that's what it takes, then do it. But then that takes the responsibility off of me. I don't have to be concerned about how I'm going to react because it's no longer my choice. When I hand it to the Holy Spirit and say, I'm standing on this promise and this scripture right here that is the promise of God, that is his great and precious promise that he has given to me, that I don't have to worry about this, that your divine power is going to give me everything I need for a godly life. And I stand on that promise and I say, God, you take care of this for me. You deal with it. 
and let him take care of it. And then my spirit is going to rise up and work the way that it's supposed to because I have literally just kick-started it with the scripture. It's going to lay dormant in there until you do something to get it moving. So by reading your scripture, you're literally taking that key and turning it on and revving it up. Exactly. You have revved up the Holy Spirit in you, and you're just like, and then literally you can step back and just kind of be like at peace because, and that's another promise, we have God's, God's peace. He gave us his peace. So I don't need to be concerned about it anymore. And this is of great comfort to me, it really is, because it was a rough week. That was not the only situation. There was multiple things that happened this week, and I literally just was like, why am I here? <laughs> I can go home and work. <laughs> I can do this job at home. But there's also a lot of other stuff that's going on at work that I'm kind of the glue, and you need a godly glue. <laughs> that sounds silly. <laughs> But if I'm not the one who's there that's being an inspiration and, and being the light of Jesus, who's going to be? So, I mean, you, you have to just stand on that word. No matter, it doesn't matter how you have to do it, you know, like in listening to it. I know a lot of people who actually will record themselves or they'll find somewhere that's got like a reading of scripture and they'll just listen to it and play it. If reading's not your thing, listen to it. All you have to do is pull it up and hit um, read on like the, the Bible app and it will literally read it to you. Like, that's great. I read it out loud because not only is it then my eyes are reading it, it's going in here, but then I'm speaking it and it's going into my ears. So it's a double. Like it's got more, and the spoken word is so much more powerful. God spoke the world into existence. He didn't think it. He spoke it. Life be, he spoke it out. So when the kids fall down and get a boo-boo, you pray over them so that they see it and they hear it and they know that mama means what she says when mama lays her hands on them and says, in the name of Jesus, pain be gone. You are trespassing in a healed and healthy body. And the kid realizes, hey, mama knows what she's talking about. God's going to take care of me. That's, the that's what we have to instill in our kids from the beginning. All right, so I've not made it very far in my scripture, but through these he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature. So by taking his great and precious promises, we get to be part of his divine nature. It takes the whole flesh thing out of it. Because if we're doing exactly what he tells us to do, we're part of that divine nature. And escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. Protection. So we're saying Psalm 91, but if I get up and I say Psalm 91, but then I'm going out and doing all the evil things caused by evil desires, am I going to get that protection? That You're tossing a ball in the air and hoping at that point, because we have to be part of the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world. For this very reason, 
for this very reason, all of this stuff that we've just read before, make every effort to add to your faith goodness. Okay, I'm going to stop right here real quick and say, I love that this was written by Peter. Now, there is some um, thought and there is some discussion about whether 1 Peter was written by Peter, but there is, they're, they're pretty sure that 2 Peter was written by Peter because Simon Peter was the one who went after Jesus all the time. If Jesus was walking off, Simon Peter was like, can I go with you? If, Simon, if Jesus was walking across the water, Simon Peter says, can I come to you? Simon Peter was the one who wanted to be with Jesus all the time. So he was glued to his side. So when Simon Peter is talking about what we're supposed to be doing, having faith, and to that faith we need to add goodness, where do you think he learned this from the character of Jesus? He walked with Jesus, and the character of Jesus was embedded in Peter. Did Peter make some mistakes? Yeah, Peter made some big mistakes. Peter denied Christ three times. He said, I don't know who Jesus is. What are you talking about? I'm not one of them. You know, we all know the story. Three times he denied him, blah, blah, blah. Guess what he did a couple months later? Well, I'm not sure the time, but it wasn't that long after because he was in the room waiting on the, the fire of the Holy Spirit to fall. But not very long after that, he, he saved 5,000. Like, he didn't have to sit out for three years and think about what he did wrong. That's not the way God works. God forgives you, bam, it's over, let's move on. We're the ones who are like, oh, I'm messed up. I need to be punished. I mean, that's human flesh. He didn't. He literally, he denied Jesus three times, and then not very long later saved 5,000 people. So I don't think we really have much of an excuse. <laughs> I mean, we really don't. <laughs> so Peter learned his character from Jesus himself. He walked with him. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness. And to goodness, add knowledge. And to knowledge, add self-control. And to self-control, add perseverance. And to perseverance, add godliness. And to godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, love. Now, it's not like you don't have to learn to do these one at a time. These are just the things, these are the character of Christ. If we can walk in faith, goodness, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness, and, and, and love. And once again, we don't technically have to learn how to do this. The Holy Spirit will teach us. As long as we are in the scripture, we're standing on the word of God, we're standing on his promises, we're not giving up. I love the perseverance in this. Perseverance is what pulls us through. I have to make up my mind to drag my sleepy hiney out of bed 15 minutes early and get into the word. I have to do it. If I'm not going to make myself do it, 
oh, I'll do it, I'll do it after work. Well, in number one, I went all the way through work, and I'm talking to myself here. If I make it all the way through work without messing up, it's probably just God's grace and <laughs> humility because I didn't focus on him for the day. I put myself first because I was too tired. So literally, when I say that, I'm literally saying my 15 minutes of extra sleep, Lord, is more important than you. But I'll try and get to you this evening. And that really hurts my heart that I do that a lot of times. I'm not a very good morning person. I'm sorry, I rebuke that and I repent of that in the name of Jesus and I take that back. I'm a great morning person because I want to be. I want to be for him. So I'm claiming that on my life and I'm claiming that as the person that I am. But I've got to do my part and be persistent about it. I can't quit. I can't get lazy. Because that's what happens. We, a lot of times as Christians, we get a revelation of something. And then we're like, oh, I, I, this is awesome. I, I, I did great. And then you tend to kind of just stop digging. Because you got this great revelation and you're so happy about it. And then you kind of, just a little bit. And then before you know it, then you're kind of not seeking as much. It doesn't take anything. It's not not hard for you to to quit seeking him the desire tends to just filter just a little bit and I'm only saying this because with being at a full-time job like when I wasn't working full-time like I was listening to preaching every day and I was reading my bible and I was just spending a lot of time in prayer and all that stuff I don't have that time anymore that I did have in the sense of I had all day I was at home by myself. It was quiet. I had a lot of time that I could focus on him. Now I have to make the time to focus. Maybe that was why I got the job, is because I needed to learn how to be a little bit more persistent. It's easy when it's easy. You know, it's easy to stick with it when, it's, when there's nothing in your way. But what about when anything comes up against you? I've got to be ready and have the ability to do it no matter what comes at me. So, you know, God knew financially that, we, that what was coming with COVID, the cost of everything went up dramatically, and he had already placed us in a position where we were taken care of. We've been very, you know, uh, faithful with our tithes, and he had already laid out that in advance before things skyrocketed and it got out of control. So we were already provided for. But also in that, now I'm having to learn how to dig deep in myself and not listen <clears throat> to what's around me. It's easy not to gossip when you sit at home and you don't talk to anybody. It's not easy to gossip when people are coming into your office saying, did you know that this happened? Did you hear this? Did you see what that person just did? I have to learn. I'm not going to be able to make it through the trials that come at the end time and through the things that happen as life gets harder and harder as we get closer and closer to Jesus, Jesus coming back if I haven't been tested. So this is when we have to learn. When it gets hard, that's when we have to have that perseverance. So we need to make every effort, every effort to add these things into our life. Why? Because he gave us his great and precious promises. And so that we can be part of that divine nature and we can escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, 
they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. It doesn't say it's going to take away your knowledge. It doesn't, you're not going to lose your knowledge of Christ. But if you're not working in these things and working toward what he's told us to do, you are going to be... I lost my place. Give me just a second. Ineffective and unproductive. And unproductive. You're kind of worthless. You have that knowledge. That's great for you. But if I'm not working in that, I'm ineffective and unproductive, what am I doing to help God's kingdom? If I'm unproductive, that means I am not producing the fruit that needs to be produced that God needs me to produce. But if anyone does not have them, he is nearsighted and blind and has forgotten that he has been cleansed from his past sins. I can, I can testify to that in the sense of if I have, I still have God's knowledge. I still love God. I still love him with all my heart, but I continue to put him on the back burner. This has happened in the past. You put him on the back burner, before long your past sins start to kind of aggravate you. You know, like, oh, I used to do this, or oh, or, or the same things kind of pop up in your life, and you might end up going around a mountain that you thought you had cleared a long time ago. And it's because we tend to not stick with it. Therefore, my brothers, be all the more eager to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never fall. To think that we can never, that we have the ability to never fall again if we'll just listen and do what he tells us to do in this. Seek him out. Find that scripture. Find those promises. Trust in his divine nature. Don't try to do it in ourselves. If you do it in yourself, you're going to fall. That is scripture. Because if you're doing it in yourself, that's prideful. Whether you mean to or not, it's still prideful. But if we listen to what he has to say, and we do what he says here, we have the option of never falling. Which I would love to be able to say that about myself. Not for not because I did anything, but to tell people God has done this in me. I'm really bad about needing to apologize. Like, I apologize even when I don't do anything wrong. <laughs> it's just the kind of personality, I guess, that I have. Like, I, I don't want anybody to be hurt, so I will apologize. I'm so sorry. So whenever I do fall, I'm, I'm going to, I, I will beat myself up about it. Excuse me, Lord. I'm sorry for saying it that way. If I fall, I beat myself up about it. So it's just better if I don't. I may be able to say, God has kept me from this. So, and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. 
and not falling here is awesome. But getting that rich reward when you get there, and it says you will receive a rich welcome. Okay. About all I have this morning, um, we need to continue to seek and to add. We should never stop growing. We continue to add at all times. And just remember that divine power has given us everything. We don't need to do this ourselves. It's not on you. Put it into scripture. Tell the Lord that that's what you want in your life. Ask him for it. Seek, keep seeking, keep knocking until you get that stuff. Your wisdom, your, your protection, your lack of fear, whatever it is that you need in your life the most, seek that and go after it. And I feel like that's almost what that scripture means. Go after one thing, and one, as soon as you get that one thing and you feel like you're, you're starting to get, then go after something else. We're going to add faith. To, to faith, we're going to add goodness. And then to goodness, we're going to add knowledge. And he wasn't saying it had to be in that order. He's saying here is what Christ was like. Go after these things. As soon as you get one, add another one. As soon as you get the next one, add another one. As soon as you get that one, keep adding. Don't stop. I feel like in the, uh, the movie Facing the Giants when he's doing the death crawl and he's saying, don't stop, don't stop, it hurts. I don't care, I know it hurts, keep going. And that's what Jesus is, right beside of us all the time. The Holy Spirit is always our cheerleader. Keep going, you've got this, come on. Okay, yes, you finished up, your, your, you're doing pretty good with your faith right now. I don't, we never finish up, I didn't mean to say that, but you're doing pretty good with your faith. Let's add goodness, come on, let's go. He's always wanting us to grow. So keep adding. Keep adding to all of those things. And that's all I got for today. Anybody have anything? All right. Well, thank you for having class with me this morning. God bless you all.